Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Okay, welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. My name is Dr. Bobby Maybe, and uh, let's do some house cleaning before we start with our guest. Uh, once again, if you've been listening to podcasts lately, we are announcing our annual event. It's Breakthroughs on the Bayou, September 23rd through the 25th, New Orleans, Louisiana, and you can check that out at forwardthinkingchiro.com. Uh, We've got three days of events. The first day, the evening when you arrive, we have a lovely reception to welcome everyone and start the festivities. And uh, day two, specifically, we named it Breakthroughs on the Bayou because we're aiming to get breakthroughs for our attendees. Now, everybody needs a breakthrough, not just people who are struggling. Uh, Anyone who's really successful in their careers will tell you they're always searching for the next breakthrough, whether it's a breakthrough in scaling, a breakthrough in improving their leadership, business skills, or clinical skills, we've got all those breakthroughs in line for you. And we have a system in place for each attendee who arrives to help establish and then create their own breakthroughs during the event. So it's not a didactic event. It's also not like a kumbaya moment where we all have to uh, like hold hands and <laughs> admit our, our defeats and then like hug and come together. It's, it's a interactive event where you don't just sit there, but you also, uh, get something out of it that is specific to you, which including in that is day three, the, the uh, scavenger hunt in the, in the uh, what is it? The French Quarter is what it's called, Louise. The, the infamous French Quarter, we're gonna have a scavenger hunt sponsored by the Chiropractic Success Academy. And it's, uh, it's sort of like Pokemon Go in a way, it's digital. Everyone's gonna team up and use their phones to play the scavenger hunt. But the prizes you get are gonna be prizes from our sponsors. There are going to be prizes from the Chiropractic Success Academy, actually clinical and business pearls that you can take with you, uh, content and courses. So as you score points, you win even more education from uh, the event itself. So check that out. I would recommend getting on that as soon as possible. We only have 100 seats. We've already sold a few. We're not close to selling out yet, but we have less than 100 seats available. Uh, that's at forwardthinkingchiro.com. And uh, you also want to get moving fast because of flights and all that. Uh, but on the website, there is a hotel booking list and that price is locked. And if you know anything about New Orleans, their hotel room prices can get crazy uh, expensive, especially as the NFL season starts and all that. And our prices are locked. I would even say if you bought your ticket to uh, Breakthroughs on the Bayou, and booked your hotel, overall, you would probably save more money from uh, like the the price of the attendee, attendance of the event actually saves you a hotel price, if that makes any sense. Um, So the the hotel rooms are really, really cheap. So you wanna get on that. Uh, Other than that, like I said, check out all the information at forwardthinkingchiro.com. There's a virtual companion to that event. So all the presenters at uh, breakthroughs in the Bayou are going to record their presentations 
all attendees at the, the event get a copy of those presentations. And it's also a virtual companion for those that cannot attend Breakthroughs on the Bayou. You can buy a virtual copy, which will have all the presentations, plus numerous, I think we have about a dozen bonus presentations from uh, chiropractors, uh, allied health professionals, and members of our FTCA community to make it a virtual summit. It's our virtual summit for 2022. So you wanna get your hands on that. And if you are an FTCA member, check your email for a discount on that virtual product. Okay, so that's housekeeping for now. Let's get into uh, our, our speaker, our presenter. Uh, Dr. Rabinowitz is going to be presenting at Breakthroughs on the Bayou, September 23rd through the 25th in New Orleans. And uh, I'm going to be on the stage with him only because I just, I just have like this vision of stepbrothers in my mind and I can't get it out of my mind of Huff and Doback going at it, prestige worldwide, talking business on the stage. Uh, what we want to do is discuss you folks. We want to tell you to knock it off. Stop acting like you're a starving artist, especially in this rehab world where you're providing this tremendously uh, valuable service to humanity and then charging like you were Mother Teresa. You're not Mother Teresa and you're not a starving artist and we are gonna get that out of your system in New Orleans. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Rabinowitz. Thank you, sir, for having me back. I'm excited to be here and excited. What's that? Jay, they call you Dr. J. Uh, my, you know, my grandfather used to say, call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for dinner, so. That's good. Yeah. That's good, yep. It doesn't matter, that was a country music song, I think, so my dad used to say that too. It doesn't matter what you call me, just call me. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Very cool. And of course, I get call me maybe. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, very, very apropos. So what has compelled you to be so committed to this idea of trying to get it out of people's heads that they are not a starving artist and they need to understand their own value? Yeah, I mean, for me, it always comes back to where I started, you know, 2009, going into Cairo school and that second semester of school sitting there and looking at and saying all right we got two sides of this profession one of them gives terrible treatment but they make a lot of money and the other side is sort of resigned to being what you said a starving artist but they deliver this world-class experience and i wanted to practice like the starving artist side but i just wasn't willing to accept that we couldn't make a really good living doing it and to be honest there wasn't many people at the time to sort of look up to that were doing what I wanted to do and doing it well. And so now more than a decade of that, that same thought today, it's the same thing, a, a world-class business and a world-class practice. And it's never really changed from there. I mean, obviously I've learned more and, you know, things have changed and I've done things differently, but that's always been the premise of where I started and where we continue to build and grow. I want to, I'm going to go back a second because you said that they provide a world-class experience. Do you actually believe that they do? I think they, so that's going back. Our talk, I don't want to interrupt you, but that's the distinction of our talk in New Orleans. Yeah. I, I think a lot of chiropractors, especially on the evidence informed and rehab side, provided a world-class product. Yes. A world-class service but I don't think many of them are committed to providing a world-class experience to the patients that, that, that go through their halls. 
I think that's exactly right. And you're right in sort of catching the wording. I always say words matter, but you're a hundred percent right. You know, I can tell you last quarter, one of the things we struggled with was getting people, you know, in our practice from an evaluation to being a patient of ours. And what we went back to was actually the experience when they walk in the door. Is it Bobby? Is that you? If it's a new patient or is it, Hey, Bobby, so good to see you. Do we write their name? Like things like that, that are soft skills, which exactly, I think that's what you're hitting on. We're still doing the DNS and the rehab and the FMS. That's all happening. That hasn't changed, but why did our, our ability to get someone from one step to the other go down? It's not a treatment thing. So I think you're exactly right. And I'm glad you sort of caught me on that because yes, there is a distinction between the clinical care and the experience. You know, it's always the Ritz Carlton example. If you, you know, if you run a holiday in, you can't charge Ritz Carlton prices and vice versa. But if you're going to deliver the Ritz Carlton experience, we have to actually deliver the Ritz Carlton experience if that's what you want to do. Yeah. And here's what we're going to do in New Orleans when you and me do this, because you are, you're young you're hungry, you're already at this genius level, you're already implementing things that are very important to be successful. And then there's these little pieces when the audience is listening that I want them to pick up while you're dropping your science. So you, you, just, you just sort of shared this idea that you know when it comes to the patient experience, how comfortable or how much of a family or how uh, trusting are they in the doctor, like when they walk in the door, do they know the doctor by name? Do they, do they sort of already feel like they understand the doctor even if they haven't even met them in person? And so what I'm gonna do in this talk is when you drop this science, I'm gonna interject specific action steps for people to take so that they can, they can harness the same science that you are dropping, if that makes sense. So let's go to this one specific thing right here. How can you get somebody to feel like they are comfortable with you as the doctor when they don't even specifically know you, they haven't even met you yet, they're a new patient. So yeah. how would a new patient even trust or come to understand who the doctor is and whether they should trust them or not? Uh, this is easy. It's in your content marketing, right? Content, yeah, content marketing and then the process yeah. that gets them to the door. They know you before you even walk through the door. Correct. When they walk through the door. Your, your staff can prepare them when they're properly trained to be warm, inviting, and informative to let them know what to expect from the doctor before you even walk into the room. We're also going to, for the lone wolves out there, we're going to, I know lone wolf is a popular way to practice, but we're going to also point out some of the ways where it's really hurting you and you don't even notice it. Like you're completely unconscious to how painfully how painfully you're setting yourself back as a lone wolf because you don't have a staff that can sort of prepare the new patient for your presence, to, to let people know what to expect in your office, to make them feel warm and cared for when you're not looking. And those are expensive, um, those are expensive little things to overlook in the long run. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, I think it's one of those things, is it more expensive to have them or not to have them, right? Like in the long run, what does that, what does that mean to your practice? And it's kind of like the difference between, you know, my mentor always taught me the, you know, your accountant will say your team and your staff are liabilities because that's how they show up on the tax form. But the reality is they're your greatest assets if you treat them that way. Yeah. I think the first thing you would ever do 
when asked, what would you like, like to talk about when it comes to your business is how, and you've done it before, and especially in our last podcast as well, is how valuable your teammates, your team. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they, even in my coaching business, the, I always tell them like, you guys are the proof. I can speak all I want, but if they, like we had a call yesterday and I had Ashton who's, who's basically managing strive to move and my marketing director running it. And I texted them after I was like, you guys, I I couldn't be on there. I was like, you guys were amazing. Like, and I think literally the people on the call liked it better than what I do, probably because like Bobby, what you're saying is I speak in the clouds and high level. And they're like, no, no, this is the process. These are the five steps that we're doing. This is what you need to do. And people are like, yes, this is what I need. And so, but they're able to do that. And it makes me like, I, it's like the happiest moment of my life when they're like doing it and I don't have to, it's amazing. Yeah. And that's why I've, that's why we're teaming up on this talk because I do think on a national level event, so use air quotes there, even though it's smaller, it's a national level event and you do need the in the cloud speak because you do need to be able to approach everybody and get them to understand on a common level what we're trying to accomplish. But also my personal mission or agenda for this event is to really create true breakthroughs for each individual there. So in that process, um, I have to be able to jump in and say, let's do this now. Okay, Dr. Dr. J has just dropped this on you, that this is something you really need to focus on. Here's step one, two, and three on how to get that done. All right, yeah. what do you got next? Yeah. That's the, that's the, the concept. Now, even the most successful amongst us can still behave like a quote-unquote starving artist, right? Sure. Always some sort of limiting belief. As you experience more and more success in your own personal uh, career, what kind of new ceilings of limitation do you start to bump into as you're growing? Um, you know, I, I look at sort of the journey that I've gone on and I recognize that, you know, we built the practice, we've um, hired a bunch of people, we've trained them for three or four years, and it's been like a slog to get them there. And then as I build the other businesses, I almost think about like, okay, do I want to play this game again? Right? Like as a, as a very clear example, it's interesting because I think about it a lot. You know, when I built Strive to Move, which was the first practice I did, um, I always say like that practice is not run efficiently. One of the reasons why is because I experiment, I almost over hire in it. I'm testing so many different things. And so it's a big business, but it like, if you looked at it on an accounting standpoint, you'd be like, it's not actually that efficient. And that's on purpose, right? We sort of test a lot of things there. And as I build some of the other businesses, one of the things that I'm conscious of is like, okay, I know how to do that. Do I want to do that? Do I, or is this the business that needs to run it? 30, 40, 50% margin and be a more profitable business than the other one? Am I worried about gross revenue versus, you know, you know, income, that type of thing. And so what I'm actually thinking about now um, is as we grow, are there other ways to be able to grow? Whereas before, as I talked about the team, it was like, all right, we need to grow. We need to hire people. 